took this little flashlight mm -hmm. and he went down under the sheets <laughs> and I spread my legs really wide and let him look. Oh my <laughs> god. And what happened? Okay, girls, that's definitely enough. It is time for bed. And what is that? It's an erect penis, Mrs. Uh, I can see that. Well, things sure have changed since I was in school. Yeah, you know, this stuff's all so complicated. All these erogenous zones and hormones and... I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get it. You will. It'll come to you soon enough. We all have to learn it. You know, we went all the way down Pigman Road, but you forgot to hit record. <laughs> but it's okay, because I had another pig story to tell. All right, well, I uh, uh, hit record now. Did you hit it? Yes. Okay, so this is on tape? Uh, this is on the record. But it's on tape. Like, you, you, we record everything on tape? Uh, yes, it is being recorded on my pocket Casio cool. cassette. You got the little deck. one from uh, Home Alone 2? Oh, yeah, the talk boy. Yeah, you got the talk boy, and that's what we record on, which is why I sound the way I do. <laughs> uh, but back to Pigmen. I was shuffling around the store yesterday. Uh -huh. Well, not yesterday, the other day. And uh, there was a man rooting through the DVDs. <laughs> and okay. uh, his pants are riding down, and I can see that he is wearing a jock strap oh. from the, uh, the brand uh, Nasty Pig, which is a popular... Uh, apparel company with the uh the gay scene oh i did yeah. not know that yes so there's a nasty pig rooting around my dvds <laughs> <laughs> yeah usually when there's a nasty pig running uh ruffling his way through my dvds it's just you <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so many nasty pigs um at work yeah i'd imagine yeah uh so this did this this next story is from yesterday actually. Okay. I agreed to uh, work the evening, which I never do. Right. Um. So I didn't know what a freak show this store became after like a certain point. <laughs> but a man came in and couldn't find the bathroom, so he wandered into our stock room. Uh -huh. uh, one of my uh, fellow employees asked him what he was doing back there, and he said he couldn't find the bathroom. And he's like, okay. Uh, and then didn't think anything of it. But apparently he went back later, and the man had urinated on uh, some of the boxes. Oh. Yes. Um, I was like, geez. So, you know, you expect people to ruin your bathrooms. Right. It's just, uh, you know, but they don't need to foul the stock room. What what kind of boxes were they on? Was it merchandise that had to be thrown away? Uh, I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> I opened a box today that had some stuff that had water damage on it. I don't know if it was urine or oh, not, but no. uh, I got rid of it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, but that wasn't the only one of the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the only pig. There were many pigs. The March uh, of the Pigs. Yeah, it was a real March of the Pigs. This is, <laughs> this is what Trent Reznor predicted. Yeah. He sure did. Uh, the other pig locked themselves in our bathroom. Oh. And just kept turning the hand dryer on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what she was doing in there. Because uh, at one point I just banged on the door real loudly. And I'm like, hey, what's going on in there? And she's like, oh, the the, the toilet's overflowed. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And she started asking me questions about the other guy she came with. 
So the other guy she had come with was the man who pissed in the stock room. Because <laughs> um, we'd figured out who that was by like the camera. Oh, and God. also he was just sitting out in the parking lot for like an hour after he did that. We couldn't figure out why, but apparently he was just waiting for her. Uh, at this point, though, he had left and left her purse like out on the curb. And when I talked to her again, she asked me if they left. She's like, oh, no, they stole my phone. And, uh, geez, I really don't know. I think she was just in there just shooting up. Yeah, it sounds like based on the situation and the characters involved, there was probably some drug use. That yeah, it seems like it. Uh, eventually, my boss had to call the cops because she wouldn't leave the bathroom. Oh, my God. Um, she left pretty quick when the cop got there. It seemed like they'd maybe like interacted before. Oh, yeah. And she, he's like, oh, boy, one of these. So he just walked <laughs> her out of the store. And while she was leaving, she was like, wow, I love this store. So, uh, just high as balls and then turned loose into the night. Well, uh, at least she went away from you in the night. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but anyway, those are all the little piggies that I see. Those are the pigs. Those are the pigs. That's what they say. Yep. The pigs say. That is what the pigs, pigs say. Pigs say the darndest things. They sure do. What are we doing at the... Oh, yeah, it's a show. We oh, yeah, we... It. We got on this tangent, and it started before tangent. we started recording because we were talking about how Jamie Gillis should play the pig man in something. Yeah. And then we started talking about pig people Yeah, and uh, the people ruining the dollar store. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, the reason we were talking about Jamie Gillis as the pig man is because in this film, he is the big man. Oh. And uh, we're going to talk about Jamie Gillis at least a little bit today. Oh, no, wait. He's not the big man in this one. He's not the big man in this one. He's the big man in next week's episode. Yeah. So you got all this Jamie coming at you. So much Jamie coming at you. It it had been a while since we've seen Jamie. I was excited to see him pop up. Uh, We had that Franco February that put a damper on things. But I feel like he'd still not been in an episode in a few weeks before that. Yeah. No, he'd gone, we had a streak for a while at the end of the year where he was in everything and then it kind of, it fell off. Right. Well, he's back, baby. And he's back in a big way. Yeah. Um, And so is Alex Dorenzi. Oh, yes. Alex Dorenzi, because this week we are completing the trilogy. We are talking about Pretty Peaches 3, The Quest. And the room falls silent. <laughs> I was thinking that we still hadn't actually introduced the show, but they know what they're oh, listening yeah. to at uh, this welcome point. Welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. And hello. Uh, and yeah, we're talking Pretty Peaches 3, The Quest. All right. A 1989 release from Alex Dorenzi, mm-hmm. uh, who had, of course, himself directed uh, Pretty Peaches and Pretty Peaches Part 2. Yeah. It's rare you get a director to do, like, the whole series. Yeah, especially a series that goes, like, 15 years or so. Between, yeah, he's like a Don Coscarelli figure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, just like uh, Don Coscarelli. Did I make that comment, like, on... I feel like I might have made that same comment in the second episode, because I think the gap between, like, Phantasm... Oh, yeah. And... Phantasm 2 and Pretty Peaches and Pretty Peaches 2 is about the same. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. He's on the right track to be the next Beastmaster. Uh, looking at it, Pretty Peach is released in 78, so yeah. it's actually only an 11-year gap uh, mm-hmm. total span for the series. But still, same same director, three films over 11 years. That's not super usual. Yeah. He's going for the triple crown. He's going for the gold. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Pretty Peaches was 1978. Pretty Peaches 2 was 87, and this was 89. So. Yeah, so this one followed on pretty quick. Uh, it's Particularly in comparison to the original gap between yeah. the first two. But just uh, like Phantasm 2 and Phantasm 3, the gap was short. Right. It was shorter. Yeah, Pretty Peaches 3 being a video or a, uh, a uh, film production from uh, 1989 definitely puts it kind of in the later, later era of film productions. Right. Uh, but I, I do think that while there's not a whole lot... Uh, elaborate going on here production value wise it still yeah. it still seems to have a good scope to it and doesn't seem super cheap no yeah it's uh that. it's uh da, 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 it's kind of a retread of the second one a little bit and some of like yeah. the story beats which is fine um yeah like the other two it's just like a fun little series of like sexual vignettes basically where our dumb heroine just bounces from place to place Right. It seems like she might have less sex in this one than in the others. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He'd really, Dorenzi had really figured out consent in those years. Uh, for the most part, For yeah. the most part. He got mostly there about 89. He's probably fine now if he's alive. If he's dead, then he's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he died in 2001, it appears. So. Okay. He never had a chance to be me too. <laughs> it would have come for him. His last production was, well, he had like, I don't know, just scanning the list, probably like 15 or so video releases in 1997. So uh, he... He stayed busy. He stayed busy, and he was a pretty prolific director, having made his first uh, his first films in 70, it looks like. I feel like we've watched enough AVNs now that I, I still haven't seen his name pop up. Um, he, well, most of what we've seen was after 97, though. That's true. There I was one or two. Two in, like, 93. We watched, like, 93 th- and 95. Yeah. Um, I think I remember one him of maybe films. being nominated somewhere yeah. in there, but not winning anything. He's no John Leslie. Uh, no. He He's... did not create the classic dog walker. <laughs> Like, he, like, in 95, I don't know, I can't really just look at this list and get a count without stopping and counting, which I'm not going to do right now, but mm-hmm. it looks like he put out, like, 30 movies or something. That's great. It's, uh, he's really doing it, so congrats to him, and it sucks that he died. Well, it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody, but it doesn't happen to everybody when they're 65. That's true. I don't know anyone that's died at 65. Yeah? Off the top of my head. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. uh, so let's talk a little bit about the cast here. Um, we already pointed out that uh, our our good man Jamie Gillis is in this film with a somewhat small but memorable role. Yeah. We have... Uh, Keisha. Oh, yeah. Keisha. As Peaches. As Peaches. Okay. 
we've got Tracy Adams making a return appearance as Peaches's mom. Yeah, Peaches's. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as far as other noteworthy names, um, Mark Wallace is in here in a small role. We've got uh, Mike Horner. Yeah. Uh, Richard Pacheco. Yeah. And uh, some some uh, nice, beautiful women that I am not quite as familiar with because we're getting kind of late in the uh, window. Yeah, we're we're stepping out of the our box. comfort zone. Yeah. Once we get to like eighty five or so, yeah, we haven't really delved into a whole lot of yeah, this stuff. We're thinking outside the bun now. Yeah, people. One thing that we can definitely see here. Which is perhaps not fair, but the uh, men in the adult film industry definitely have a longer lasting power than the women. Yeah. Uh, because obviously they are getting cycled out pretty quickly, whereas Jamie Gillis at this point has been doing it for like 20 years. Yeah, at this point, yeah, because this is 89 and he's been around, but just fooling around since like the early 70s. So yeah, yeah. that all adds up. That's how math works. I mean, he was... Yeah, he kept going. Yeah, he was making videos through, like, the early 2000s. Um, so, I mean, he he had quite a run. Can't stop Jamie Gillis. Yeah, he he's in it for the banging. And uh, we appreciate him for that. Yeah. And I also love how he seems to really just give every role his all. Yeah, this is one of those for sure. He's definitely chewing the scenery and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, a lot of the, aside from a lot of the male names, like you said, there's not really, I don't know too many of the women in this one yet, but uh, I bet we're going to get to know them. Uh, yes, we are. We're going to get to know a whole lot about them. Yeah, we're going to get to know them inside and out. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Anything else you want to add about Pretty Peaches 3, The Quest? Yes. It's not the sword and sorcery film it should have been. <laughs> yeah, being called The Quest, it definitely, uh, definitely conjures an image of yeah. something that could have been excellent. If this yeah. were... Uh, this were like the medieval version of the pretty peaches story it would have definitely stood out more yeah they could have got the costume designer from uh rival tales of canterbury oh yeah yes but aside from that it's more of a spiritual quest as we'll come to see uh yeah and at the end everybody gets a little something yeah yeah i think so so we're gonna take a break uh, yeah, we're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back to talk about Pretty Peaches 3, The Quest. A physical body is only part of the whole being, Peaches. I, I don't understand. Is there something wrong with me? Physically, you're wonderful. I mean, fine. But what of your mind and spirit? That's another story, isn't it, Peaches? I don't know. I, I guess so. You need spiritual guidance. I do? Golly, I knew my dream meant something, but I had no idea. Yes, you do. Spiritual guidance is the first step to nirvana. It is? Golly, Dr. Thunderpussy, I, I didn't know that. I mean, but 
How do I find spiritual guidance and enlightenment? Look for a sign, peaches. Finding bat pussy. <laughs> and uh, it'll just be you and me on Netflix wearing our get masks. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, this. Yeah, I'm adamant that they don't see our faces. <laughs> They've seen your face, but not mine. When do they see my face? Uh, I showed it to everyone. Oh, well, shit. Yeah, everyone knows who you are. Well, there went my secret identity situation. Yeah, no one looks at the Instagram, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one looks at the gram. Um, are we back? Uh, yeah, we're back. We're back here on the Raincoat Report. Yeah, that's the one. And we're talking about um, Finding Bat Pussy. Oh, yeah, our upcoming four-part miniseries on Netflix. Yeah, Um, look out for that. It's coming out April 1st. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if for some reason you don't see it that day, get mad as hell on the internet about it. Yeah, you should go shake the gates to the White House. Yeah, who is trying (laughs) to suppress... What don't they want you to know about Bat Pussy? We keep saying Bat Pussy, but we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, well, we will want one day. I kind of want to go through... I still want to do the live reading. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I want to do, but I feel like it's just... There's going to be so much work involved in transcribing all that dialogue because nobody stops talking the whole time. I think... If we work together and just take, like, one, if you take, like, the first, like, 30 minutes and I take the second 30, I think we can make it work. Okay. We'll, know, uh... We'll collate our notes. We'll edit it together. Go to the Kinko's and print it out. Because <laughs> um, when you're on Netflix, they give you a bunch of money. Uh-huh. But they don't do anything for you, so you have to go to, like, Kinko's and print your own scripts. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so by the end of the, you spent all your money on the show. <laughs> mostly at Kinko's. <laughs> mostly at Kinko's, because <laughs> it involves a cast of thousands, and I keep having to print scripts. <laughs> uh, it's a real quest. It's a never-ending quest. It's a quest. It's a Superman four quest for peace. Uh, Superman three. I don't know. I've never seen those. Pretty Peaches three. The quest for peace. The quest for peace. The voyage home. Yeah. Uh, the search for Spock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about Pretty Peaches 3, The Search for Spock. Pretty Peaches 3, Island of the Alive. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, wish Michael Moriarty were in any Pretty Peaches film. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but I guess we can talk about the actual movie that exists instead of our ideal fantasy I would love Michael Moriarty as, like, the detective that's helping the mom track down uh, Peaches, and uh, then he gets a blowjob. No, we don't get that. We get some himbo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, uh, let's talk about Pretty Peaches 3 Lost in New York. (laughs) I think it's San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Home Alone 2, he was lost in New York. And then uh, our president, Donald Trump, found him and shook his hand or something. Yeah. He told him which way to go. <laughs> I don't know. They edit that part out on TV now. Oh, yeah. He, he tells him to go uh, demand the country back and storm the Capitol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why they have to cut it out. 
Jesus. So, uh, Pretty Peaches 3 uh, opens with a square freeze frame title card that's like a square uh, <laughs> promotional image for the film. Yes. Yes. I'd forgotten about that, but yes. It looks like kind of like an album cover because it's squarish. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's don't weird. I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't know why it's there. Uh, I watch a lot of movies, and I've never seen one open like that, so it was yeah. interesting. And this is on like the official like Vinegar Syndrome, re- Syndrome release, too, so yeah. it's not like your copy from the internet. Yeah, it's not something that somebody just put there. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't on the film negative, so... Okay. Well, there it is. Let's, let's move past it. Okay. We're past that now. It's too baffling to comprehend for long. So we get to see Peaches, again played by Keisha... And her friend, uh, Sandy, played by Lynn LeMay, they're sitting at a t- table. It looks like a, kind of like a booth. Lena Romay? No, Lynn LeMay. Oh, okay. Still got Franco on the brain. Franco madness. It's taking its toll. <laughs> Peaches and Sandy are sitting in this little booth in Peaches' trailer. Uh, it's almost like a Winnebago inside of it. More so than, like, a standard single or double-wide trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trailer. It's a double-wide. I don't know. It's a McMansion trailer. It's a McNugget trailer. My first girlfriend lived in, like, a kind of, like, double-wide trailer, and it seemed bigger than the house that I grew up in. Yeah. So, they get pretty hefty. Yeah, this one does not. No, this one's small. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Peaches and Sandy, they're sitting at a table. This is the opening of the film. We've described the first second of on-screen time. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. Um, but they're sitting at a table uh, looking at the, uh, I guess it's an anatomy book. Yeah, it seems um, to be a textbook. But uh, Sandy's also talking to Peaches about some sexual encounter she had with a boy who I think uh, went down on her. It sounds that way, yes. Uh, something about him taking a flashlight under the covers or something. Yeah. The audio seems a bit muffled. Yeah. Uh, so I had some trouble making out some of the lines. Yeah, yeah. I had that problem as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Pretty Peaches 2 had subtitles. Uh, it might have. But this one did not. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I need them. I'm going deaf. <laughs> so anyway, while they're talking, Peach's mom walks in. Um, again, she's played by Tracy Adams, who played uh, Peach's mom in Pretty Peaches 2. Yeah, Eunice Goldblum. Uh, yeah, Eunice Goldblum. That was her name. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's mom. <laughs> Uh, so Peach's mom walks in and asks what this is, and, uh, we don't see what she's pointing at, but one of the girls replies that it's an erect penis. Uh, but it's a picture in the textbook they're looking at, and Peach's mom remarks how things have changed since she was younger. Peach's makes some comment about how she'll never understand all of this. Peach's friend, uh, Sandy leaves, and we then see Peach's in bed. Uh, she's holding a picture of Bobby... Uh, presumably her boyfriend, like Bobby was in the second film. Right. Uh, different Bobby, of course, just as this is a different Peaches. She's talking about how she shouldn't think of that, not saying specifically what. Oh, we all uh, know. But she lays down and starts to dream. 
she sees her friend Sandy in super heavy, over-the-top 80s makeup. And, like, she's in this surreal room where uh, Sandy's got this giant white sheer dress that these two guys are under. Yeah, it's, and, it's a cool scene. I yeah. like it. It's very, uh, it's obviously a dream, but it's very dream-like. Right. It's a uh, weird weirdness. It's a, it was art film for a second. Yeah. It took some pointers from old Franco. So uh, these two guys under the dress are ripping away at tights that uh, Sandy's wearing, but I think she has a few different layers they have to tear through. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of assorted random growling. I think it might be coming from uh, Sandy. Oh, okay. But yeah. there's some growling going on, and both of the guys have like Rambo headbands on too. They're quite <laughs> yeah. a sight. Peaches joins the guys under Sandy's dress and is watching they finally rip through all of them and uh, mark wallace's character just starts to pound away at sandy while peaches makes out with the other guy yeah after a minute or so we cut from this to peaches talking to her mom so this th- that whole sequence didn't have like a, a finished scene or anything no cum shot or no it's the na- anything to wrap it up it's the nature of dreams yeah she's I guess probably so. about to come and then woke up that's how it usually goes oh yeah Peaches is talking to her mom, and she tells her about her crazy dream that she had. Her mom says that she never had a dream like that, and suggests that Peaches goes to see Dr. Thunderpussy. Yeah. Because she saw her on TV. She saw her on Oprah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know why Oprah is promoting this woman. Oprah promotes quacks. But I'm not sure what her specific grift is, because she just seems to be a normal doctor when we finally get to her. Sort of. She's an abnormal doctor, but she doesn't seem to be like a Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil type who has some kind of advice to share. No, she seems more like a doctor touches too much type. Yeah, she's she's this film's uh whatever the enema uncle was in the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We cut from that to the doctor examining her. Um, she tells Peaches that if she had a clean mind... She wouldn't have those dreams, but she tells Peaches to take off her clothes and put on a gown, and the doctor walks into the other room. She uh, starts to scrub up her hands. This room also has a washing machine in it, which was something that I think was the case with the uh, Paul Thomas psychiatrist <laughs> in uh, the last in uh, the first Pretty Peaches. Oh, yeah, it's not a real doctor's office. None of this is real. <laughs> Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Peaches puts on the medical gown over her clothes and then takes her clothes off from under it. I made a note that that's not how you undress in a porn film. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like a normal-ish way to do it. Right. I don't but, know. It, it seems like a weird time for them to try to be genuine. Yeah. Especially in a film that is so over the top as this one is. It does seem like she maybe has like more agency as like a character in this one than in other ones. For sure. But it kind of occupies like a weird zone where that ends up not mattering eventually. Right. Um, but yeah, Dr. Thunder Puss. Yeah, she's, uh, she ends up putting on some gloves and then she just starts pouring tons of lube on her gloves and... A lot of lube. Lathering them up with lube. She 
pauses to consider the amount of lube she has applied and then applies like several dollops more. Right. Her hands are glistening and I was thinking she's never going to be able to get the door open with that. But then I noticed <laughs> she's left the door open a crack. She's a smart one. Well, there's a reason she's a doctor and she there's got reason, to be on TV. There's a reason she's a fake doctor who got to be on Oprah, yes. <laughs> she walks in and tells Peaches, time to check your girl things, little Miss Goody Goody. So she's gotten this like sour attitude towards her. Yeah, things changed once she got those hands lubed up. Now it's uh, snagging her or something. I don't know. So Peaches then lays on her side and the doctor goes straight to fingering her asshole before anything else. Yes. Uh, and then finally he shoves another finger in her vagina. And yep. Starts to really throw her whole body weight into moving her fingers in and out. Yeah. She's she's really going at it for a minute. She is. It's. I like it. It's a good scene. <laughs> it's. A, I like it a lot. Uh, it's, a, it's pretty sloppy. <laughs> After a minute or so, uh, Dr. Thunderpussy says the physical examination is complete and tells her to get dressed. So she goes back into the other room and opens another door to like a closet or bathroom or something. But on the door is a giant blow-up doll in a doctor's coat. Dr. Thunderpussy pulls it off of the door and throws it on the ground, uh, stroking its big cock a little bit before she starts riding it. Um, she pulls her tits out of her, uh, coat and starts to, uh, ride away on it while Peaches is in the other room getting dressed. Yes. She really goes into this scene, too. She really is into fucking this doll. Yeah, she is all about it. She, like, grabs the doll's head and rubs it in her tits for a minute. Yeah. She, she starts moaning super loud. I think she starts, like, sucking on the doll's face or something at one point. Oh, she does yeah. something... She does some bizarre stuff. Uh, Alex Dorenzi's a man who likes his sex toys. Yeah, he is. They're in, I think, all three of the Pretty Peaches films. which And you oh, can yeah. see them kind of evolve Yeah, from that primitive, like, strap-on belt thing, I think, in, like, the first one. Right. Um, and some of the scary stuff that looked like it had, like, little edges that would cut you up inside. <laughs> right. To uh, this... Uh, 1989 state-of-the-art sex doll <laughs> right it's, it's a couple steps below a real doll at uh, this point more than a couple i say yeah but. it's well, you know it's 1989 they didn't have a way to put motors in the mouth or anything yet yeah you know, that would bite off your dick our parents lived in a very difficult world yeah and they're better for it i don't know i think that's why they my parents annoy me oh yeah they, they never had the ability to just go online and buy a butt plug and get it the next day. Yeah. They had to go down to the old truck stop sex shop <laughs> and buy... They didn't even have big rubber fists back then, I oh, doubt. yeah. Probably not. Probably not. No one had thought of that yet. You just had to do it with your real hand. Oh, yeah. If you were doing it at all. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Things have changed. Things sure have changed. So, <laughs> Dr. Thunderpussy uh, finishes and hangs up the doll again. Then we cut to Dr. Thunderpussy smoking a cigarette at a desk, talking to Peaches. And again, another change in the world. You couldn't be sitting in your doctor's office while they smoke anymore, I don't think. No, they can't smoke inside now. Uh, so Just doctors. Everyone else can still smoke inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Make a note. 
So Dr. Thunderpussy says that Peaches is physically fine, but her mind and spirit may not be. So she tells her she needs to search for spiritual guidance, which is uh, kind of the theme of the film. Yes. Uh, She says that it's the first step towards Nirvana. Peaches asks the doctor how to find it, and the doctor tells her to look for a sign. She notes she shouldn't be afraid to seize opportunity by the throat. Peaches says that she understands, but I wasn't quite sure if she did. But we cut from that directly to Jamie Gillis as Billy Bob. He's uh, giving a sermon at a podium. Uh, It's kind of hard to make out what he's saying in this scene. Yeah, I I more got key words than full phrases, but you can tell he's really into it. He's into it. He's doing like a fake crying thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We cut and see that it's on a small TV in front of Peaches as she's at her tiny booth table uh, looking at her uh, school book. We see that uh, Billy Bob, uh, Jamie Gillis's preacher character, is saying something about spiritual guidance, and that, of course, draws Peach's attention. He tells those watching to give, and he tells the woman next to him, which is uh, Nanette, Mm -hmm. he tells her that she should show them how to give, and uh, she gets down on her knees and then starts to get behind the podium, and he has to correct her that (laughs) he didn't mean that way. He meant for her to pray. So uh, she starts to pray... Uh, And he continues his sermon. Uh, He starts crying at this point uh, while giving everybody the address to mail payments to and the phone number to call to give money. He mentions the credit cards they take and so on. So we're drawing into that late 80s uh, televangelist boom here. Yeah, he's also talking about he'll send them a tiny Jesus for your dashboard or your rearview mirror, (laughs) which uh, is fun. So Peaches uh, recalls the doctor's advice to seize opportunity by the throat. And then it cuts away to uh, Billy Bob and Nanette at the studio after things have gone off the air. She's telling him about all the groups that are after them. I guess different investigations or other uh, plots against them. Yeah, like the FBI and the ATF and everybody's out there waiting. Billy Bob tells Nanette to pack her panties because they're headed to South America. We see a car leaving uh, through a gate, and then we see Peaches run through the closing gate and get into uh, this place. Cut back inside, and we see Nanette throwing a bunch of papers into a fire. uh, Theoretically, I guess, uh, getting rid of evidence. And it's at this point that Peaches knocks on the door... Nanette answers, asking what she's doing there, and she tells them that she's looking for spiritual guidance. Uh, Billy Bob notices Peaches there and is quite intrigued with her, as you would expect Jamie Gillis to be. Nanette tells Billy Bob that they'll be behind bars if they take too long, so he tells her that they need to be fast. So he tells Peaches to take off her panties, which she seems a bit reluctant to do. He looks over to Nanette and has her slide her panties off first to help convince Peaches of that. He starts to caress Peaches from behind. Nanette does the same from the front um, after Peaches takes her panties off, of course. Hell yeah. Uh, And then we start to hear a helicopter sound in the background. Yeah. It does seem like they could have just taken her with 
them to like Bolivia or wherever they were headed. Right. So uh, Billy Bob starts to kiss Nanette's ass from behind, and uh, then we see the glass doors of the place blow open and winds tearing through the room. Yeah. Apparently the helicopter's so close it's just blown in their their doors. Yes. Um, Peaches is blown to the other side of the room and is kind of blown away from Nanette and Billy Bob, but uh, it's worth noting that her... uh, dress is just blown up the whole time so we see her vagina the whole time yes uh meanwhile nanette and billy bob start to do it in various positions finally peaches leaves the building as billy bob continues to fuck nanette for a few uh minutes and finally pulls out from missionary and comes on her pubes they get up as a guy on the loudspeaker continues to kind of yell at them as he's been doing for a while, although you couldn't really make out what he was saying no. for the most part. But Peaches waves goodbye as the helicopters leave, yeah. noting that there were very strange people, but she's not sure where she's going to sleep tonight. Well, that was a good scene. The whole uh, sex scene was really well done, I thought. Like, yeah. uh, camera and, like, design wise and everything it kind of had like uh sort of like a music video kind of quality to the whole thing it yeah. was neat i really liked it yeah and, and i think that it's a good way to do a low budget uh spectacle scene yeah definitely because obviously there was no helicopter involved in this at all but they do a good job with the sound design at least as far as making it sound like the helicopter's there but they yeah. also have these lights flashing yeah there's lights and, and then the uh, glass winds blowing, blowing in. And, yeah. yeah it's really cool that in the first sex scene i think it set it set my hopes up a little higher yeah than they were gonna be because so far they've both been pretty creative right and, and nothing's really terrible or anything, but like mm-hmm. they're just not as well done or creative, I think, from this point on in the film. That's fair. Yeah. So we see Peach's mom talking to Bobby. Bobby mentions that Dr. Thunderpussy is an odd name for somebody, uh, for Peaches to go see. <laughs> Her mom says that it's Jewish, maybe <laughs> Swedish. Her mom's concerned that Peaches has been sheltered and might not know what to do on her own. Uh, but then suggests that they'll just wait for Peaches to write them letters. Peaches' mom starts to... Just get, just get horny. Yeah, she starts to get occupied with Bobby. Yeah. She says that she doesn't know what she'd do without him. Yeah. Uh, she also makes mention that he works out and he's wearing tight pants. So we get some foreshadowing, of course. Yeah. Uh, cut to a lightly wooded field, and we see Peaches in the grass laying there. Apparently, she just slept out there. She walks around a bit, uh, adjusting her socks for a moment, and then sees a sign behind a gate that says, Holy Repose Spiritual Retreat. Yes. She enters the gate, and we see three blonde women chanting together. From the cast list, they're the nuns. Yes. She talks to them, and they ask who she is and if she knows that it's sacred property. They, however, do invite Peaches in to stay with them. Uh, They walk away together, and we cut to Peaches writing a letter to her mom, saying where she was and talking about growing vegetables and making bread with the nuns there. Yeah, so she. this is the first cult she joins in the film. (laughs) Right. So uh, we see her in bed. It's like a hard wood plank. Yeah, bed. it's like yeah, it's like two uh, wooden pallets pushed together. Yeah. Then we see the three nuns kind of peek through the curtain to the little 
semi-room that Peaches is in to see that she's asleep. They're in various states of undress. Um, but since uh, Peaches is asleep, they go into the other room and start to uh, have fun with each other. Yeah. Um, it's also notable that as they cut back to Peaches, we see that her dress is completely up so we can see her vagina again. Excellent. So the three nuns go down on each other and uh, they kind of kiss and lick each other's asses and uh, start having fun with each other. Peaches stirs around in bed a little bit and then finally gets up and peeks into the room. She says to herself, I thought they were spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) The girls continue at it. Uh, Peaches seems a bit annoyed here. As we're looking at Peaches looking out at them, we see a crew member to the right of the frame dragging a green cable with them. <laughs> they uh, quickly get out of the frame, but I missed that. they that's, did not get edited out. <laughs> that's beautiful. If you're able, find me a still of that. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Okay. I'll have I'm sure to remember it's pretty that. pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah, Peaches is annoyed. She says she's not going to be able to sleep like this. Uh, the girls are still at it. Uh, they're slapping each other's asses. Uh, Finally, Peaches grabs her stuff and heads out as the nuns continue their business. Um, They stop for a moment to go see if Peaches wanted to join in, but alas, Peaches is gone. They say, oh well, and go back to business. Yeah, they they were having fun. So then, Peaches is walking down a road. She drops her latest letter into a random mailbox and then waves down a passing truck. Inside the truck is, as she's credited, the chicken girl. Yes, chicken girl. She has chickens in the back of her truck, giving her that name. Yeah. She gives Peaches a ride, but uh, there's a chicken that Peaches has to have in her lap while she's riding. Peaches tells her that she was looking for spiritual enlightenment, and so she offers to introduce Peaches to Professor Otto, who changed her life. Yeah. We get uh, Bobby and Peaches' mom talking again. Uh, Bobby offers to join her to look for Peaches. She says that he needs to pack his stuff, including his tight jeans, and they'll leave together soon. Yes. Bobby's mullet is insane. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so feathered. Yeah, it's very <laughs> 80s pop star. It's huge. So we cut from here to Professor Otto giving a living room speech. He's describing it as a realization session. Mm-hmm. Yes. Peaches shows up with the chicken lady, and Otto has her sit down and tells her that she's late. He's talking all philosophical bullshit and says something about how life without ecstasy isn't worth living and all of that. Um, He asks a female student here who is not credited with a name. In fact, she actually doesn't have a credit at all. Okay. Uh, But she's... One of the realization students, because there's a guy there as well who's credited as realization student. Uh, but this is uh, Tammy Monroe, who is pretty hot in this scene. Oh, John Martin is Professor Otto. I don't know if he's in anything else, really. The name seems familiar, but it all, might also be that those are very common names. Right. That just in my head, there was a... His IMDb trivias. He had a brother named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Brian Martin. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Otto asks this realization student, the female one, uh, what she sees. She says that she sees breasts, arms, and genitals. Otto tells her that they should explore those genitals. So uh, all three girls there, 
Peaches, the Realization Student, and the Chicken oh, Lady. Sorry, John Martin was in Rybold Tales of Canterbury. Oh, okay. We're bad at remembering. There's so many dicks and so many... So many dicks, so little time. Yeah, I can't remember them all. He's also in the case of the Maltese dildo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, Elmo Lavino, I'll remember him always. Oh, yeah. But he, uh, John Martin kind of got lost in the crowd in Canterbury. He gets Canterbury. in the shuffle. There's so many pilgrims. <laughs> if you're not Elmo Lavino or Hyapatia Lee or, or my corner, I think, you're yeah. You're not in the, the memory bank. Yeah, you, you didn't make the cut. Sorry. Yeah. But I'll remember John Martin now. Yes, now you'll remember him forever as Professor Otto. Uh, Professor Otto says that he must feel Peach's moist, mundane flesh. And uh, she needs to feel his. Peach seems pretty uninterested. Uh, but Otto tries to say only the weak would, uh, wouldn't be interested in this. But Peach is, is like, all right, I'm done. So she fucking leaves. Yeah. Professor Otto turns his attention to the other students who are there, including the chicken lady. Yes. The uh, female unnamed student pulls her tits out. She's got a rose, rose. tattoo on one of them. Yes. Let's uh, call her Rose. <laughs> he goes over and kisses on her breasts and her face a bit. Yeah. He asks if she's ready for his enlightenment, and she says yes, and then he starts to go down on her. Yeah, it's a divine polarity experience <laughs> with a girl with a rose tattooed on her tit <laughs> it's uh every hookup at a music festival <laughs> uh he pulls out his cock and he she sucks on it and then he spits between her breasts and starts to titty fuck her yeah it's nice we don't get a lot of titty fucking no not a lot but it's nice to see yeah you'll love to see it uh, the chicken ladies blowing the other male student. We get a little bit of sex between them, but we get more sex between Otto and the uh, female student. Mm -hmm. His cock bends down a lot. Yeah, I noticed it was, I think it was more so when it was not all the way hard. Okay, I couldn't, um, I thought maybe he was, he gets hard in segments. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. It's all the coke. It's tough to keep it completely erect. You can only keep, like, part of it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I thought I, the first time when he first pulled it out, I was like, damn, that's got a fucking hook downward. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking if he was in Canterbury, I would remember that hook. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we see uh, Peach's mom and Bobby going into a hotel or motel room together. Uh, Peach's mom starts to undress, saying that she forgot her leotard. Bobby says she shouldn't undress because he's there, but she says that she'll keep her undergarments on, so she's not really undressing. Yeah. Bobby says he's going to watch TV. He does. Peach's mom just likes to fuck in hotels. Yes, yeah, she does. That's her MO. It's what she's known for. Yeah. Um, we get some cuts back from here to Otto and the students uh, doing their thing. Yeah. The male student is fucking uh, the chicken lady and Otto fucking the uh, female student. Female student also does some reverse sucking for a while, too. But I don't think we... I don't know if we hit on that, but it's a, she, does a, she does some good work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it in my notes, but you're right. I remember that in particular yeah. being uh, noteworthy. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't credit this girl. Yeah. She really stands out. Yeah, that's right, because uh, 
She uh, licks his ass too while she's doing yeah. it. She's working. She's working his dick from behind, sucking his balls, sucking his dick, and licking his ass. She's doing everything, and they couldn't even give her a credit. She is a star. She really is. <laughs> she's undeniable. <laughs> we see them all finish and stuff, and we cut back to Peach's mom and Bobby. Mom's on the floor. She says something to Bobby that when you travel, you can't expect privacy. She says that she wouldn't be offended if he was in his underwear. Uh, and he says, well, I could do some jumping jacks. So he drops his pants and we see him in a cow-spotted banana hammock. Yes, it's excellent. <laughs> At this point, he starts to do jumping jacks, but Peach's mom lays down on the bed and just starts to watch him. And then she starts to do uh, leg lifts on her side. Bobby takes off his shirt, and so he's there in his banana hammock, and his uh, package is just bouncing up and down. Um, we get this good shot uh, between Peach's mom's legs uh, as she has her legs lifted up of uh, Bobby's package just bouncing up and down. Yeah. Um, and, of course, she's lifting it up, lifting her leg up, and putting it down so it keeps like getting framed and unframed as it's going. It's, it's a good shot. I like yeah. it. It's a good solid shot of uh, people's genitals. Peach's mom rolls over and Bobby's looking at her ass and then she kind of pulls her panties to the side just a little bit. Just enough to reveal her vagina just a little bit. She starts to lightly touch herself a little bit and then she continues stretching her legs out and you can see her uh, vagina and a little bit of her pubes. And uh, Bobby adjusts himself in his banana hammock, and then just leaves running to the bathroom. Peach's mom asks, what's wrong? So we have this whole situation building. It's at this point that we see Jack driving his car. <laughs> Jack is played by Jack Baker. There you go. Easy uh, to remember, maybe. He, he's uh, driving around San Francisco looking for women, and he spots Peaches on the side yep. of the road. So she walked to San Francisco. How is she? It's not really clear how she's been getting around, aside from her her ride with the chicken lady. I think maybe the chicken lady brought her to San Francisco. You think that's where doctor. That's probably where Otto practices. Probably he's trying to get all those new age San Francisco women to come to his realization session so he can spray his cum on them. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, that adds up. I accept your explanation. Uh, yes. With grace. So uh, Jack stops his car and reverses to talk to Peaches, offering her a ride. She hops in and says thank you. Uh, they introduce themselves to each other, and Peaches explains that she's searching for spiritual enlightenment. And Jack tells her he's looking for the same. He says that he knows a guy who knows all about that shit. So he calls up Maximilian. Jack's walking with her and tells her to follow Maximilian's instructions and listen to everything he says, do whatever he says, and she'll be on her way to spiritual enlightenment. So then we cut to inside and we see Maximilian, and he is uh, played by Eric Price. He approaches a bed where Peaches is laying face down, and he slowly opens her legs and starts to uh, lick her vagina and ass as Peaches moans. Yeah. Now, there's no real setup for how she ended up in this weeaboo's love pad. Well. Except he brought her there 
Jack, Jack, brought, Jack brought her, her there, there, telling her that Maximilian is going to help her find spiritual enlightenment. It seems like in the past, when spiritual enlightenment has meant sex, she just runs away. Right. But her attitude seems to have completely changed um, at this point. Yeah, she seems a bit more trusting here. Yeah. she's. Well, let, let's think about this, though. We had the thing with the uh, preacher, yeah. and he was being uh, stalked by federal agents who blew open the doors with their helicopter. Yeah. I could see her wanting to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we had the nuns, yeah. and her thing was she was trying to sleep, and, and they, they were, were just being, being loud. loud. Okay. And couldn't be quiet while they were eating each other's asses, so she yeah. was like, I can't sleep, and then she left. Right. So it may not necessarily be the sexuality here. Although I think that she was certainly a bit uh, apprehensive about it. Yes. But I don't know. For whatever reason, uh, just his sexual advances weren't enough to drive her away here. Okay, good. She was very impressed by like his kimono. Yeah. <laughs> he must know what he's talking about. He wouldn't have a kimono otherwise. Yeah, he speaks Japanese. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's really going to town licking her uh, pussy and ass from behind. She rolls over for more... Opening her gown to reveal her breasts as well. <laughs> we then cut to the three nuns talking to Peach's mom, saying that she left with the chicken girl who delivers chickens to Chinatown. There's no way they would have known this. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because she uh, was long gone from them. Right. And they didn't know where she went. No, yeah. And they didn't chase after her. They went back to fucking. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... Explain yourself, Alex. We're going to develop the technology to go back in time 20 years, and we're going to use that just to confront Alex Dorenzi on his deathbed and yeah. ask him questions about the plot holes in Pretty Peaches 3, The Quest. Yeah, he's going to be all out of his mind on dying, <laughs> dying man drugs. <laughs> he's not going to know. But yes... They don't fucking know. No. But uh, we cut back to Maximilian, who's just plowing Peach's missionary now. Hell yeah. Uh, he pulls up her legs, and they uh, at one point they're holding hands as he's just hammering away at her. She, really? He's also really squeezing her tits a lot here. Yeah, he is working up a full sweat. Yeah, he is. He's really putting in the effort. Yeah. Good job in this scene, Eric Price. You really, uh, you really brought it. Yes. He finally pulls out and comes on her belly. So, one thing we haven't addressed yet is that throughout the film, she has this chain around her waist. Yes, she does. What is up with that? Uh, it's just... It's a fashion accessory? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed that like when she was... got undressed for the doctor, she had that. Yeah, and then it's been... And in, then like, it's there all the other time. times, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering if there was like some kind of like marketing campaign and you could like <laughs> get your pretty peaches three chain or like the jc penny or whatever <laughs> back in 1989 you know it was like a fashion accessory they were really trying to push uh yeah it was a new release in the alex dorenzi line <laughs> the dorenzi collection <laughs> uh, it included a jeweled butt plug and everything else excellent oh boy so we cut to another scene of peaches writing a letter talking out loud she explains that her education is just beginning and she just had her first enlightening experience uh, that we cut to her at the waterfront talking to jack 
she tells them that she's not a virgin anymore. So that was how Peaches lost her virginity, apparently. Yes. Uh, Jack acts shocked, saying that Maximilian wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, I think he calls him a rat or something like that. She says, it's okay, it was fun. Uh, But she doesn't think she found enlightenment. He asks if she's giving up. And uh, she's not just yet. So he tells her that he knows a guy in Chinatown, and he's even holier. And uh, he can find her that spiritual enlightenment. So then we see Jack talking to Maury, played by Mike Horner. Yep. He says that she's going to be a real moneymaker, but in the meantime, they need to make some concessions to get her on board. Maury is a bit hesitant, but Jack tells him that she is worth it. Uh, They just need to make him look a little more spiritual. So then we see Jack come down some steps to talk to Peaches, saying that Maury, and then he corrects himself, Guru Ananda Moray has agreed to meet her. She says, a real guru? No more phonies. She's really excited about this and says that she's going to go home to Mom and Bobby soon and she won't be having those awful dreams anymore. No. Then we cut to inside this place and there's this weird demon bust on the wall that snorts smoke. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I want to inhale its demon fumes. (laughs) Uh, Maury's sitting there in a trance at a desk. And Jack tells Peaches to sit down on the floor, and then uh, Maury joins her on the floor, sitting down in front of her. We cut to Bobby and Mom in another hotel. He this hands... one looks more like a hotel room. The last one looked like a room in someone's house. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Bobby hands Mom tequila at her request, and he notes that there aren't any more glasses, but she says they don't need any. Mom takes a few swigs, and Bobby takes one and reacts really strongly, making a face. Probably because I don't think he's supposed to be of drinking age. Yeah. Yeah, once again, the ages in this film are pretty fuzzy. Right. About the the principal characters. I would think that if they were learning sex ed, Peaches is in high school. Yeah, I'm just going to... Yeah, it seemed how it was in the last one, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe she could be in college. Yeah, she would keep saying that she was almost like 19. Oh, yeah, in in the second one. Yeah, we determined that could be literally any age. (laughs) Uh, After taking a drink, he finally says, This is it, huh? Peach's mom says, If you play your cards right. Oh. She tells him it can be their little secret. She starts to rub him. She slides down his shorts, and now he's just wearing a purple banana hammock. Yes, he has the best... uh, banana hammocks in the business yes hopefully there was a line of these in the alex dorenzi collection oh yeah you can get them right next to the chains <laughs> excellent uh she slides it down and his uh, boner pops out and she starts to blow him yes um we get a cut away and now his underwear have uh, disappeared uh-huh. and she continues to blow him but uh he's also still got his socks and shoes on still yes. his and, uh, Reebok sneakers specifically uh-huh. and there's no music uh no <laughs> uh we cut back to peaches and maurice she's excited to finally get enlightenment and then we hear an echoey voice from another room uh it's kind of hard to make out but she says something about the path to enlightenment enlightenment being in front of her we cut back to 
Peaches's mom, who br- pulls off her bra and uh, starts to rub herself through her panties before pulling them off and mounting Bobby Cowgirl. After a minute or so, he rolls her over and starts to fuck her missionary. Again, he's still in his Reeboks, but Peach's mom is also still in her heels, so I guess it all makes sense. Yeah, it's all In fine. a porno sense. Yeah, everyone... Alex Terenzi didn't want to see your feet. Yeah. It's the opposite of, like, a Tarantino. <laughs> Bobby's really plowing away at Peach's mom, too. He's hammering it, really going to town. Yeah. Uh, he finally pulls out and comes on her stomach and then leans down and starts to kiss her. We cut back to Peaches and Maurice, and the echoey voice keeps going, and it's hard to make out. It asks her something about if she's feeling the spirit touching her, and she says yes. But her eyes are closed, and it's just Maurice fondling her breasts. Or Maury fondling her breasts. Whatever his name is. Guru Ananda Maury. Uh, Yes. The Guru. Maury, not Maurice. I think I said Maurice a few times. Whatever. Doesn't matter. So some people call him Maurice. Uh, he speaks of the pompatus of love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a real joker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peaches, trusting the disembodied voice, I guess, calls out for him to take her. And so uh, Maury has her lay back and starts to slowly finger her as the demon face keeps spurting out smoke. Uh, Maury goes down on Peaches and she starts blowing him. And uh, uh, she's got some good technique here. She starts to focus really on the head at first. Yeah. Before uh, getting more into the stroking of it with her mouth. Uh, Nice, nice uh, work here. Excellent Uh, work, Kesha, Keisha. Keisha. Excellent work. <laughs> uh, then we get a smash cut from that to him just banging her out really hard. There's a big boomy soundtrack that I think is supposed to be like some uh, Asian-inspired thing. Kind of a Sega Genesis synth. Then we cut to Jack, who's in another room pulling a bunch of ropes and levers. He's apparently using these to move the demon bust around as it's spurting out smoke. Uh, Maury finally pulls out and comes on Peaches, and it's at that point that the demon bus just kind of falls, and Peaches realizes that something's up. She runs off and finds Jack in the other room, and he says he's just exercising as he's pulling these ropes. Yeah. Uh, Jack is trying to make it seem like Maury was the only fake here, but Peaches realizes that they're both just manipulating her. So, Peaches walks down the steps, giving her internal monologue out loud as she's walking. Jack and Maury go chasing after her. Jack yells, there goes the goose that laid the golden egg! Jack asks himself what she's going to do next, noting that it's dangerous out on these streets. Of course, the irony being that Jack is the type of person that's dangerous out on these streets. We then see Peaches in an alley... She stops to try to go pee by a trash can, but a bum jumps up to yell at her for pissing by his home. Uh, Bum is, of course, the actual uh, credit for this character. Yep. uh, Played by Richard Pacheco. Uh He doesn't want her to piss on him. Yeah. For reasons I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess if somebody was going to piss on me, it might as well be Keisha here, but... uh, probably overall would just rather not be pissed on that's fair 
Uh, he asks what she's doing there, and she explains everyone she meets is motivated by lust and greed. It's a very uh, understanding comment for uh, Peach's character to yes. have here. Yeah. She seems to be on top of what's happening, even though she's been manipulated repeatedly. Yeah, she's finally getting it. She says that she was better before looking for enlightenment and should have stayed in her trailer watching soap operas. The bum knows that he hates soap operas. Uh, Jack is still driving around looking for peaches, and the bum offers peaches a drink. She declines at first, but then says that she'll take a drink, and uh, the bum offers her a trash bagel, which she declines. <laughs> He then offers to introduce Peaches to his friends, so they walk into what looks like probably an old abandoned theater, and the bum waves down to his vagrant friends on the ground level of the theater from the balcony. Yeah. He introduces them to Peaches, saying that she's their new friend, so she starts yelling now about how people are hypocrites and phonies, exploiting their virtue. Yeah. She's gonna go assassinate john lennon <laughs> so we cut to bobby naked looking out a window looking out at the city and he's like what what's that crowd over there uh he gets back in bed with peach's mom and they start to make out again mm -hmm. uh, peaches continues her marxist speech saying they don't need them and the answers are inside them they just need to love each other yeah uh it's at this point that jack busts into the theater or whatever it is and asks what's going on here and starts to try to plead with peaches but she's ignoring him yeah uh the bums all love her and she's waving out to the crowd and it's at that point that the film cuts to black and then we get a pink the end title card followed by like 30 seconds of black screen with music uh with sega genesis jazz music uh and that was the end of pretty peaches part three uh, so yeah, she whips up the uh, homeless people of San Francisco into a fury. Yeah, and uh, seems like she's about to like start a revolution or something, and then the film just ends. Yeah, we can <laughs> imply what happens from there, but really, there should be a part four that expands on the Pretty Peaches Revolution, right? That will sweep the nation. Yes, the. Um, the Peaches Revolution. And unite all the chuds <laughs> together <laughs> into an army and overthrow the government. Yeah, they and gotta maybe throw over, overthrow all governments in time. <laughs> they gotta they gotta stop Daniel Stern. They gotta stop <laughs> Senator Stern. Yeah, <laughs> they have to stop all the Sterns. All the Stern mobiles. Yeah, are out on patrol, trying to bring in dissident chuds <laughs> who want to uh want to overthrow the government oh yeah that's it all right this that's has gone chuds. way too long yeah all right we're gonna take a break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on pretty peaches three the quest yeah I, i'm looking for guidance spiritual guidance if you're looking for spiritual guidance honey now surely we have a moment to spare for you a young child looking for spiritual guidance. But the chopper! All right. All right, now let me explain one thing. At the Bible Village, spiritual guidance always comes first. It's our way of life, honey. You know that. Our life will be behind bars if we don't get going now. Hmm. She has a point there, honey. We have to work fast this evening if you're going to get spiritual guidance in time. So uh, 
What you should do now is just relax. That's it. All right, now just remove your panties. My panties? Yes, well, we just trust me, honey. We don't have a lot of time. You understand what I'm saying? Nanette, perhaps you could show the young lady, uh, uh, you know, the way we uh, go about uh, with dispensing with spiritual guidance when we don't have a lot of time, honey. All right, well, we're back on the Raincoat Report talking Pretty Peaches 3 The Quest, and to give his thoughts on the film, I'm going to turn things over to Jeremy. Jeremy, what do you think about Pretty Peaches 3 The Quest? You know, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. The quest. Oh yeah, sorry, it's about the quest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my full review. I think I've made my feelings pretty clear throughout the show about it. I don't think it's as good as either of the prior films. Yeah. But that said, it does have its moments. Yeah. Uh, and the plot, uh, as I've explained before, is kind of a retread of the second film in a way, just in like this kind of the sense of the setup with uh, her living with her mother and kind of being told by like a third authority figure to go figure stuff out in San Francisco. Right. And then, but um, they do good with it. They uh, get into some real shenanigans. Now, I'll say the shenanigans aren't quite as impressive as the really the first film. The second film, I can't really remember any standout sex scenes from that other than Jamie Gillis being, like, a lady. Yeah, but it is notable. Uh, I mean, like, we had uh, oh, yeah. her uncle. And her nephew bang her aunt. Right. Okay, so yeah, there was some greasy incest. I forgot about that. This film starts out really well with the sex. Like I noted before, the first two were pretty imaginative and well-shot scenes. Uh, I think by the last couple, the film kind of runs out of steam. Yeah. I think the last uh, really good sex scene in the film is probably with uh, Professor Otto. Um, I liked Bobby and Peach's mom. Okay, that's fair. You can dig that. That's all for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I guess I'm just saying it wasn't like technically impressive sure like compared to some of the earlier ones uh all the sex was fine like everyone does pretty good some people really go above and beyond and get real sweaty yeah with it i think the film uh definitely has a lower budget than even the second one and i think that's reflected a bit in um the locations that are chosen you like a trailer and then uh maybe a couple rooms in a house but there's some nice uh there's some nice establishing shots in San Francisco and stuff, so you know there's some there's some decent stuff in there. I like the Sega Genesis synth jazz. Yeah, that's a good sound to me. I'd say all in all, it's a satisfactory end to the uh, Pretty Peaches saga. Right. Even though it technically doesn't end. Right. Um, and I would I would fault it for that for kind of in- ending where it sort of gets really interesting. Right. Right. But for just a film, you're just to jerk it to it's fine that it ends there right because you're like okay you don't want to you don't want to watch your have sex with those homeless people do you i don't know uh, i feel like that would have been an interesting way to that end would have it. been the it would have been exceptionally uh grimy yeah um so you're right so for the things it did and for all the things it didn't do um i'm gonna give it a three okay okay you know worth it if you've seen the other two yeah, might as well pop, yeah. polish off the trilogy. Yeah, may as well. I wouldn't say go out of your way to see it if you haven't seen the others. I would definitely recommend the first Pretty Peaches above all. Okay, in yeah. the series. Um, I'm going to turn it over, turn it back, turn it loose. Take it over, boss. 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, I agree with you on all of that. Uh, just from our back and forth, uh, I might have liked the mom sex scene more than you, but that's okay. Yeah, I just don't um, remember it as well as you do. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, I will say that you're totally right, though, that, like, you know, the first couple scenes were better than the rest, and, like, especially the Jamie Gillis scene, like, I feel like if we could learn anything looking back on the past at this and uh, Too Naughty to Say No, Mm -hmm. you don't start with Jamie Gillis and then leave him out of the rest of the movie. Yeah. You uh, build up to Jamie Gillis, and then it's a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to come in somewhere in the third, in like the middle of the second or the start of the third act. Yeah. If he's if, not going to be a main character. Right. If you're doing uh, something vignette like, which is kind of the way this one is similar yeah, to Too Naughty yeah. to Say No, uh, it, this feels a little bit more connected than that one, but yeah. still, it's kind of the same sort of idea, just. A girl wandering into a whole bunch of uh, pervy stuff, though. Yeah. Too naughty to say no definitely gets weirder, and I appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't rate this as highly as too naughty to say no, um, but there's definitely some stuff going on here. I mean, from a technical s- sense, it's certainly very competent across the board. Uh, we do have some questions for the ghost of Alex Dorenzi as far as the plot's concerned, but that's okay. You know, we've got to set our expectations appropriately here. I would agree with your analysis that it is the weakest of the trilogy. Um, but it's not a bad film. It's competent uh, across the board. Yeah. It's generally well made. Uh, as I mentioned before, especially that helicopter sequence, they do a good job hiding their low budget. I mean, obviously you can tell that it's not a big yeah, budget. Yeah, but in that one in particular, they really... Uh they uh, like stretch the limits of what they have in a, right. in a way that's really effective. Yeah, exactly. It was good stuff. So yeah, overall, this is kind of just like a middling, perhaps slightly above average film of the time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but not anything to write home about. Um, you know, as we mentioned before, if you've watched the first two, you might as well watch the third one, polish off the series. But, uh, Definitely not the one to go looking for if you were going to watch one of the Pretty Peaches films. Uh, I would also agree with your ranking. I would put one, then two, then three. Yeah. For me, at least, two is closer to one than three is to two. Yeah, I'd um, say that. Two has um, a few special things going for it. This one doesn't really, you know... We've said our things that we like about it, and there are some things that are good about it, but overall, it's just not that yeah. far above average. Yeah, it's really a uh, middle-of-the-pack type right. film. But, uh, you know, the girls in it are attractive. The guys are pretty good-looking. They're all banging pretty hard. I wouldn't say that it was like a weak effort. It doesn't feel like they just kind of phoned it in or anything, but it just wasn't the most creative thing in the world. Yeah. And the fact that we didn't get a Pretty Peaches 4 with Peaches and the vagrants of San Francisco rising up to overthrow the government really is the biggest uh, complaint that I have about this. It would be cool if they, like, pulled apart, like, Mark Zuckerberg, like, on like they do like on stage like at a guar show <laughs> where they'll pull apart like whoever's president or whatever right that would be sick 
Yeah, we're we're gonna need to start doing some casting for Pretty Peaches Four. Okay. What's the subtitle for it? I don't know. Pretty Peaches Four. The. Put me on the spot. The Revolution. Yeah, Pretty Peaches Four. The Revolution. That works. We could workshop it. We'll figure it out. We've got a lot of time before we get into the marketing phase. Okay. Yeah. We'll (laughs) work on it. If you have a suggestion, send it to us. Yeah. Raincoatreport at gmail.com. Or if you want to uh, send us your homemade porn or porn you found uh, in the walls, reach out to us there. Or on Instagram at raincoatreport. Twitter at raincoatreport. That's all of them. That's all of them. Uh And uh, I guess that's it. Rate, review, subscribe to our podcast, tell your friends, have them listen to it, uh, help us out, let us do our thing, and we'll keep doing our thing for you, our fans. Yeah. If you're on your way to San Francisco to join a sex cult or get pimped out by a dude, uh, don't forget your raincoat. <laughs> lectures we don't need their psychoanalysts we don't need shit we don't need shit you know why because we don't need them you know why because the answers are inside of us inside of us inside of us inside of us all we need is to love each other